the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week five. We'll run through our top five. In each skill position, we'll discuss the players we're high and low on. We'll throw out a player prop for each position. Doing it with me, one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I uh, had a very good week four. I think it went like 11 and 7, 12 and 7 for like plus four units. Nice. Crushed it. Uh, DFS, I, I had those. Seahawks Lions stack, but uh, once once Chark was ruled out, I dialed back a bit on the Lions, unfortunately. But <laughs> our boy Jared Goff still went off regardless. Uh, had a really good week in Fantasy Pros. I think I snuck in the top ten after this week. Although there's no way I passed you up, no way. But uh, I think I'll be joining in the top ten barely this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know you had a pretty good week because I, I was looking at some of your rankings. Uh, I, I think you worked like 11 and 2 in props at one point. On, on oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was 11 and 2. And then it, I feel like sometimes this happens to both of us where we just crush early slate and then just systematically lose like two or three over the next four hours. Um, so, yeah, I lost, I, I lost the Jared Goff. I had under uh, 24 and a half completions. And if I had known they would be down 100 for the entire game, I wouldn't have bet that, obviously. But he barely went over at the end. And then I had a Senate football excruciating loss there. So uh, nice to go 2-0 last night for Monday Night Football. But overall, very solid week. How'd it go for you? Uh, another good week. Uh, ended up 5-2. and two. I didn't make as many bets because I was out with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, had di- I had to dial it back. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, I'm, so I'm up to 33 and 11 on the season, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a good year so far. So let's try to keep it going. I I mean, you had a good week on fantasy pros. Hopefully you'll, you'll take the top spot this week. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, like, honestly, that, I don't start thinking about that until later in the year. (laughs) I'm just trying to. It's just good to see your your hard work paying off. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. (laughs) I mean, Hey, you're always up in there. Yeah. I just gotta, gotta. Got to do my part, man. Um, all right, let's jump into quarterbacks, though, because we got a big show to get to. And I think I want to talk about a lot of players on the show because I feel like we through four weeks, we finally have enough data to really yeah. kind of dig in. And we have, you know, defensive data. We have, you know, all kinds of – and there was a lot of injuries. Uh, got mm-hmm. some rookie quarterbacks playing. So a lot of things happening in the National Football League. So let's start at quarterback top five. So Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then the GOAT, Tom Brady at number five. I have the exact same top five, except (laughs) I have Jackson number two still, uh, and Jalen Hurts number Uh, three. Uh, I could see switching those around, though. That Cardinals defense. I mean, that Cardinals defense actually looked pretty good against uh, Baker. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I could see myself switching that. But either way. Uh, yeah, still got Allen here. And, and Brady, yeah, I see him at uh, – I guess we'll talk about it. But, yeah, I think we're a little mm-hmm. higher on him. But uh, who are you high on 
uh, at quarterback this week? Well, let's just start with the GOAT, I guess. So I have Tom Brady uh, inside my top five. looks like consensus is QB8. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's huge getting both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back. And also, you know, he got back his left tackle, Donovan Smith. So while they suffered that brutal loss on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs, um, you know, I looked for Brady to bounce back this. I mean, he had a good game, but, you know, I looked for him to take out his frustrations on the Falcons this week. And they could be, you know, have a pass-heavy game script uh, despite, you know, being eight-point favorites. But the running game has looked really bad lately. So I could just see them leaning on Brady in the passing game with everybody healthy this week. So Brady could go off. So that's why he's inside my top five. And then the other QB I love is Teddy Bridgewater. I have him at QB 13. He's my favorite streamer this week. Looks like consensus is QB 24. I can't imagine it's going to stay that low, but he's one of the better backups in the league. And he's very much a system quarterback and he will be taking over a system under Mike McDaniel that has turned to it into, you know, legit QB one option this year. And it doesn't hurt that he has one of the best, wide receiver duos in the game with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So we got we already got a sneak peek of it last week. You know, he put up over 190 yards at the touchdown and just over two quarters of action. So this week against the Jets, uh, he is definitely a fringe, you know, low-end QB1. Um, so I love Teddy Bridgewater this week. Yeah, I love Bridgewater as well. Uh, and to your point, not only is Bridgewater like a great backup, but he's great on the road in his career. And this has spanned like multiple teams uh, all time in his career, he is 24 and six against the spread, covering by an average of 5.2 points per game. So the Dolphins are like three, four point favorites. Uh, they have one of the highest implied totals on the road this week, around 24 points. But if you factor in that Bridgewater, man, they may end up covering by like five points. I mean, you can see the Dolphins still put up a good number here. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the road against the Jets, who, by the way, are somehow 30th in pass defense DVOA, even though they got a defensive head coach and some some talented corner. I think I like their cornerback play. I mean, they're going to need all they can get this week against Waddle and Hill, but yeah. I think Sauce and, and Reed are pretty good. So it's it's weird that they're still kind of sitting at the bottom of the league in all the defense pass defense metrics. Uh, I like Brady as well, though, you know, to your point. Atlanta has a third lowest pressure rate. So they're, they're not oh, going to get home. I mean, that's that, you know – they're giving up the eighth most pass yards per game, but like third most third lowest pressure rate, you know, what's going to happen right there. They are going to go past heavy because they're not going to yeah. feel like they're putting Brady at risk. So yeah, I have Brady for 282 yards and 2.1 touchdowns nice. uh, this week. And uh, one more I'll mention, uh, I think I'm going to be on an Island here, but Hey, got to get ahead of it with these rookies. I got Kenny Pickett up at QB 17. He's the QB 29 consensus. And I, I think I know the reason it's because, uh, my rushing stats for him are, are a little bit higher uh, than consensus. I have him projected for about 28 yards on the ground and 0.2 touchdowns. Uh, I think he's going to scramble a decent amount. And, uh, you know, they're obviously designing some runs for him. And mm. now he's even a threat. You know, they're not they don't have a high implied total, but he's even a threat to, you know, vulture a goal line touchdown, as we saw twice last week against the Jets. So, and this is a game where you're going up against Buffalo, good pass defense. Obviously they're probably going to sit back in a lot of zones still. Um, They're still not fully healthy, but uh, you know, it's a 14 point spread. You could get some garbage time stats in this one. So, um, you know, I'll, uh, I think you're going to, I think I know that you're going to go for the prop. So I won't, I won't mention my numbers, yeah, but yeah. I, I did it. I did write them in the outline. So you do have an idea of where yeah, man, it definitely it must be higher than mine. If you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you said his rushing touchdown projection 
point two. Point two or one point two? Oh, okay. <laughs> one point two. That would be. I had that tweet. Um, Kenny Pickett <laughs> had more rushing touchdowns than Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara. I forgot who else was there. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yeah, I love his rushing upside. Uh, Mid twenties is fair. I, I think I have him like high teens. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I could certainly see him running loose, especially against the Bills, who should be able to get some pressure against him. So yeah, I love his rushing upside for sure. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm usually a little – that's where I'm usually off from the market the most on mm-hmm. rushing stats for quarterbacks because I project them, I think, a little differently than most. Like, I separate out scrambles, non-kneel-down design runs, and then kneel down. So, it's like yeah. there's a lot going on. <laughs> but rushing metrics for quarterbacks are pretty sticky once – you know, mm-hmm. so, like, um, you know, seeing what he did in in against – in that, you know, time he came in the game was, was pretty encouraging. But uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Carson Wentz. I have oh, me too. Uh, I've been low on Carson oh. Wentz for years. Uh, yeah, well, we know that. <laughs> but um, last week, ECR, I was like minus seven or eight against him. I, I, I didn't understand it, but now I really don't get it. Uh, the ECR for him is QB 16. Uh, can you help figure that out with me? But I am QB 23. And, you know, it, he, it's especially concerning that he could be without very talented rookie Jahan Dotson this week. It sounds like he could miss one or two games with yeah. his hamstring injury. So who the hell is he going to throw touchdowns to? I mean, four of his eight touchdowns have been to Dotson this year. So losing a weapon like that when you're already pretty bad has got to hurt. So uh, he's still, you know, low 20s for me. So I treat him like a, you know, low-end QB2. He has a nice rush, rushing upside. But why is the ECR still so high on him? I don't so get it. I think what's going on is that we're four games into the season, and I think what's happening is people are using a a – they're overweighting this season's four games and like, because oh, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's averaging 258 passing yards per game. Right. Yeah. But in my projections, I have him for 228, you know? So like I'm, that's 30 yards below his season average. I'm not sure where you have him, but I think that's what's kind of doing it. I would, I'm guessing most people have him closer to 250. Yeah, I guess any any quarterback that's faced the Lions this year, you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to throw that game out because that might yes. skew things a little bit uh, north. But yeah, but I mean, he did he did go against the Jaguars, which turns out that was a you know pretty tough matchup. Uh, faced the Eagles and Cowboys, but yeah, I, I agree. I think maybe people are overweighting the first two games for sure. I mean, he's averaging nine point six yards of completion. So yeah, like you know, like that's you know, if you expect him to complete you know 21, 22 passes. I, you know, you're not getting anywhere near 200, 250 yards. Uh, all right. I, yeah, I'm well on Wentz as well. Um, not as well. I actually have him QB 21. So, I mean, we're, in, oh. we're both lower than consensus, but uh, I'm actually going to go with the guy who, you know, everyone's been showing a lot of love to lately. I think we showed love <laughs> to him last week, Jared Goff. I think this is the week you want to get off the Jared Goff train. Oh, uh, no. you, know, you know, just like, uh, you know, just like Sean McVay did. And uh, you don't want you don't want Goff against Bill Belichick in Foxborough. We didn't want Goff against Belichick in the Super Bowl. We don't want Goff against Belichick. There's somehow an underdog in this game, even though I don't. The Patriots probably are starting Bailey Zappi. Um, you know, New England is tenth in pass defense DVOA, and the Lions. You know. Both of these teams are probably going to want to run the ball. New England's 31st in run defense DVOA, so it's kind of a run funnel. Uh, and then on the other side, you know New England's going to be running the ball all day. Mm-hmm. So this could be a game with, you know, a, a slower pace and fewer total plays. And I just don't think, uh, you know, the, the Lions are going to need to throw quite as much. So I have Goff around 235 yards uh, and 1.6 touchdowns, which is, again, 
like lower than his his season averages. So uh, I have him at QB number 19. Yeah, I didn't realize I had him pretty low too. I have him QB 17. And to be fair, you know, we, we started the week off pretty high on him. I thought Amon Ra was going to play. I thought DJ Chark was going to play. And then I lowered him, unfortunately, <laughs> before Sunday. But uh, sure enough, just that defense kind of helps Jerry Goff uh, having to keep throwing the ball. But we were both very high on him heading into the season. He was being drafted, what, outside of the top 25. So that, that looks pretty smart now. But yeah, I, I might be there. I didn't realize I had him. Uh, outside the top 15 but yeah it certainly makes sense all right uh who we got for quarterback prop we got to go with Kenny Pickett passing yes. yards at Buffalo I mean it's a tough matchup they should be trailing love the weapons there so this is a very tricky projection I won't let what you said about him influence my number I'll just give it to you straight up and here here we have to think about it but uh I'm going with 230 and a half what do you got Ooh, that's a good line I have I have the uh the average at 226 oh okay um huh i'll i'll go under i'll trust the numbers but uh that that's a very good line i do think you know his average depth of target really helps he's yeah. averaging over 13 yards uh depth of throw past the line of scrimmage whereas trubisky was around 10 so i think you know it's going to be it's going to make some of the his completion rate's probably not going to stay like 70 whatever percent it was like no he didn't throw an incompletion it was all interceptions and yeah exactly the ball catches. never hit the ground or something like so, that right I, I do think that'll go down but um you know it's a it's a negative game script so yeah i think that's a good line but uh, i have him just under so i'll go with the under damn yeah i guess yeah with the scrambling rate too maybe you're a little bit lower yep. on the passing yards but overall he makes up for it with the rushing production makes sense but yeah like it, he's really tough to project because that high a dot like he's going to be a you know pretty boom bust so with the trailing game script uh i do like his upside in the passing our department i like him this week all right let's jump to running back who's your top five? Oh man so this is a dumpster fire with no jonathan taylor in there um i got saquon barkley christian mccaffrey nick chubb austin eckler and then derrick henry number five and I, I honestly i could you know flip any one of these any direction so it's it's a pretty tight top five to be honest yeah, man. I, you know, I, you, I let you uh, shit on my Derrick Henry top five last week, but I'm not doing it this week. I got Derrick Henry number one this week. <laughs> murdered, he murdered the Colts, the top three run defense DVOA. Yeah. Uh, so no, and he looked good. Like he, I, you know, yeah. didn't look great like first game of the season, but he looks back to form. And I love that they're throwing him the ball now. So you know, I have him. Uh, he's around 40% routes run now. And, uh, you know, you can actually project him for a couple of catches these days, which, <laughs> you know, used to be, you know, unheard of for Derrick Henry. So uh, love his usage in the passing game. He's number one, McCaffrey, number two, Saquon, number three, only he's only my number three, because, you know, going to London with, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. Just the, the whole team touchdown projection goes down for me for the Giants. So um, and it could be a, a negative game script, which, you know, it's still not ideal, even though he does catch passes. Uh, and then I got Dalvin Cook, number four, mm, um, you know, didn't really, didn't really get knocked down, even with his, you know, harness, shoulder harness. He still uh, carried the load for Minnesota against the Saints and did, did pretty OK. So uh, like him and then Eckler. Yeah, Eckler is back in my top five at number five. Uh, love, love the touchdown nice. regression for him last week. And uh, this Browns team just got run over by Caleb Huntley. <laughs> So <laughs> of all yeah. people, give me some Eckler. Uh, who you hire? Brees Hall. Uh, I mean, finally, finally, we can say Brees Hall is the workhorse back in this offense. It took what four weeks, but fi- I don't have to promote Michael Carter anymore. Thank God. But <laughs> you know, he nearly doubled Michael Carter's 
uh, touches on the ground. Uh, Brees Hall had 17 carries to Carter's nine. And more importantly, he saw both goal line carries, that being Brees Hall. And he punched one in for a touchdown. I think it was the go-ahead touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. But um, And he's tied for uh, the most targets for running back with Austin Eckler with 29. So he's basically doing it all right now. Um, he was definitely my favorite rookie running back heading into the season. I, yep. I thought he was a blend of Joe Mixon and Kareem Hunt. I didn't love the landing spot because Carter was there, but it looks like he has finally become the workhorse back. So he's, you know, running back 19 for me. Ooh. Consensus is RB 28. Okay, good. That is high, right? That's, yeah. That's I got him 26. I thought I was like, I have, been, I have been waiting for this moment. <laughs> so I'm going to just, whatever ECR is going to add 10 to that. Uh, just like I said, he's he's seeing the goal line touches and a lot of the passing work. I mean, like I said, he, he's tied for the most targets for running back with 29. And that was despite last week was his highest routes run rate, 61. So he has room to grow there. Uh, you know, maybe Zach Wilson's not going to dump it off as much as uh, Flacco. But either way, love Brees Hall this week and going forward. Uh, the other guy, it looks like you're on too, so I'll make it quick. But <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, love him as well. He's my RB20. Um, gets to face the Lions this week. Uh, I don't. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Patriots this week, but either way, should be a pretty conservative game plan where they want to run it against this terrible Lions D and maybe some dump off passes to Stevenson. But looks like Stevenson and Damian Harris are sort of sharing the early down work with Stevenson dominating the passing down work. So love Stevenson short term and long term. I mean, he is set up for a potential RB two rest of the way ranking for me so this week you know he's already 20 but rest of the season you know the sky's the limit with him yeah i was surprised to see him pop that high in in my model but yeah he, i got him at rb 18 so i'm even oh, higher nice. than you uh you but he, there. he's been averaging 17 touches 95 scrimmage yards per game his last two detroit oh yeah they're just 32nd dead last <laughs> in run defense dvoa and 23rd uh in dvoa on targets to running backs so yeah i have stevenson projected for 52 rushing 21 receiving yards and, and 0.5 uh little over a half a touchdown total so love him uh jeff wilson jr he's an rb21 i got him rb15 he's averaging 17.7 touches 94 yards over his last three games uh, so i have him for 71 rushing 14 receiving uh, and 0.66 touchdowns against the Panthers. I think they'll be able to feed him. They're, they're really not working in any other backs. I think Tevin Coleman got elevated play like two snaps. Uh, <laughs> check does handle some the passing downs, but either way, you know, this should this should be a game where the Niners are able to dominate time of possession with that, you know, number one defense going against the Baker Mayfield-led Carolina offense. So, uh, like Wilson, and then one more, Raheem Mostert. Uh, his snap rates the last, in, in the four weeks as a Dolphin, 42% in week one, 55% in week two, 56% in week three, 72% last week. And now he's had a 10-day break. So uh, I you know, I think they like him. You know, McDaniels just likes him more. That is, that's his guy from San Francisco. And, uh, you know, Mostert had that crazy stretch during that Super Bowl run uh, under McDaniels. So, I, you know, I think Mostert could continue to build on what he's been doing. He had a season-high 17 touches last week. So I haven't projected for 54 rushing yards, 17 receiving yards, and uh, yep. would have over half would have over half a touchdown. Oh, 17 receiving yards, nice. Yeah, I mean he's, yeah. he's he dominated the pass down work yep. from Edmonds, even though Edmonds did get the touchdown. Let's see, it was I believe it was like in the 60s for for most of it last week. It was yeah, yeah, it was like 61 or something like that. 67, 67, oh, 67. Wow, to 23 to 23 for Edmonds last week in terms of route participation. So I don't have it projected that high. But, uh, you know, even with just kind of 
going off the you know kind yeah. of trend, well, he, he still comes out as like a top 30 guy. He was getting some third long work. I think he was in for the, the two-minute offense too. So he, yeah. he's already dominating the early down work. And now he's eating into Chase Edmonds' passing hour. Not good for Chase Edmonds, but great for Mozart. Uh, that, that was one of the props where um, I had the over in week three, and he had zero catches for zero yards, <laughs> and then he just shattered it the next week. So any losing prop I have out there, you know, back it up the next week. That's the, <laughs> the recommendation there. But, yeah, no, love the Mozart call. I'm not I'm not as high as you, but love the process. All right. Uh, what about guys you're rolling with? Uh, so the guy I'm long with right now is Najee Harris um, at Buffalo. He's my RB24. Consensus has him RB14 for some reason. Where you saw Kenny Pickett vulture two touchdowns from Najee. Um, and also, he didn't really target Najee at all. Uh, Najee had zero receptions last week. So I don't really know what we're hanging our hat on with Najee right now, other than inefficient carries between the 20s. Um, and this should be a negative game script against the Bills. So I'm going to want to see Pickett, you know, dumping it off to Harris to, to really trust Harris as even a high-end RB2. So I'm, I'm very low on Harris. Uh, it was the other week we saw a little bit of Jalen Warren. He he sort of looked uh, like he popped. So he could be somebody that, you know, starts to eat into Harris's role. There's just a lot of things not to like about Najee right now. So going to this week, I'm super low on him. He's more of a low-end RB2 until we see more out of him. Yeah, it's I have him RB20, so I'm a little higher, but still lower than consensus. But it's it's crazy because I have him projected for like 19 touches and 80 scrimmage yards, but you know, he's still down there at RB20 because he just, you know, his touchdown projection is like 0.4. You know, it's just it's just not a good uh week for the uh Steelers offense, especially now that Pickett, like you said, is under is behind center. You know, that's that could just take away some of that those rushing scores. Yeah, also just, you know, pick it scrambling more. Isn't that going to impact Najee's target? He had zero targets last week. So, yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that kind of, that's, I think, small that's, sample size. But yeah, like I, I just kind of, I don't overreact to that, but, you know, it's just overall Pittsburgh. I have them projected for like 1.8 total touchdowns. So the rushing touchdowns are only like 0. 0.7. And then I have Pickett getting like yeah, 0. 0.2 exactly. of those. So it's just not, yeah. there's only, you know, it's, he's much less than 50 50 bet this week, I think. To, to score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, another guy I'm low on is Melvin Gordon. Uh, he is RB20. I like, I don't know how, why, um, but he's, I mean, there's a chance he could be the backup. He, there's a chance he could even be the third string if they really like Latavius Murray and they activate him. The point is there's too much uncertainty to rank him in the top 20. He got outsnapped 19 to 10 by Michael Boone last week. <laughs> and even if you go back the last two weeks, Boone started mixing in the week before so gordon only has a five snap edge over boone over the last two weeks 38 to 33 uh he's fumbled four times in four games three times in the last two games and he's which is the this is the most crazy the craziest that i've ever heard he has <laughs> three fumbles that have been re- taken back to the house by the defense in his last 11 games like some dudes could go a, a whole career uh without one uh he has three in the last 11 games so um, you know, I, yeah, I think, you know, seeing that Latavius Murray was game, you know, kind of just got caught up in the practice squad and led that Saints backfield last week. Um, I, I think he, if he's active, that could be a problem, but even if he's not, I, I don't know how you can really project Gordon for anything more than like a 50, 50 split with Boone at this point, given that Boone doubled him up in snap rate last week. So yeah, I have Gordon outside the top 40, uh, right now. Uh, I just, I just don't trust him. I don't think you want to trust any of these Broncos back this week. Right. We just don't know what's going on. And the Colts are, t- are still somehow top three in run defense DVOA, uh, even after giving up some some yardage to Derrick Henry last week. So I guess 
the schedule adjustments kind of playing into that. But um, yeah, it's just tough matchup and too much uncertainty. And then one more guy I'll mention is Antonio Gibson. Uh, when I first checked, the, he was a little higher. Now he's, I, I'm only a, a couple of spots lower than consensus on him, but I have him all the way down at RB 32. And I might lower him more depending on the status of Brian Robinson, but yeah. Gibson snaps have gone 64% in week one, 54% week two, 44% week three, 41% last week. And, uh, you know, Tennessee is top 10 in run defense DVOA and their third uh, in, on D, in DVOA on targets to back. So uh, I only have Gibson projected for around just a little over 60 total yards and uh, might be lowering it even more if Robinson ends yep. up uh, being active this week. I can't believe I didn't think of the Gibson call because I, I I have him RB 37. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I am I am projecting Brian Robinson to return, but um, I mean, Gibson, his routes run rate has plummeted. It was 20% last week. J.D. McKissick is, you know, in his normal role, running close to 60% of routes run. But yeah, like um, Jonathan Williams started to eat into Gibson's um, rushing share. Just Gibson hasn't looked good this year. And Jonathan Williams, uh, he looked pretty good. So he could eat into it. Certainly Brian Robinson will eat into it. So if there's ever a time to get on an Antonio Gibson while you can, sell low, sell high. I don't know what his market value is right now, but get rid of him. He, he had what? It was uh, 130 scrimmage yards in week one. And then 41 yeah. scrimmage yards in week two, 40 scrimmage yards in week three, and and, and 63 last week. So I mean, it's he, he really it, if he's he's touchdown dependent as it is, and if Robinson ends up be, like getting goal on work, uh, that could really torpedo yeah. his value. Uh, okay, let's do a prop, and uh, I'm gonna go. I I'll, I'll spare you of Melvin Gordon and his whole Broncos quagmire because we don't <laughs> we don't even know like if Murray's gonna be active or not. So right, I'll, right. Oh, another one that's kind of interesting, and I think people are gonna need to figure out, and that's uh, Tyler Algier. So, you know, he had the – he kind of split work with Caleb Huntley last week. So, let's go with his rushing yards. Let's go with 44 and a half. Oh, my God. I was going to say under no matter what, I have 44. <laughs> I shit you not. Nice. But I'm still going under. Just th- this whole <laughs> running back situation has a very low floor. They're at Tampa Bay. Uh, but Algier was playing sort of like the pass catching back, which has – really no value in this offense. Mariota hasn't been targeting his running backs. And Huntley was sort of the goal line back, which, again, doesn't have much value in this offense because they don't score many touchdowns. So it was really tricky to project. Um, and then Damian Williams, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's returning next week or could return in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I'm avoiding this backfield like the plague. But I, I love Algier. I, he, he was my favorite running backs heading into the, the season. Uh, it reminds me of like a, a discount James Conner, but they didn't really use them that way last week. So long story short, I'm going under, but that is an amazing line because I had that 44. It's an interesting projection for me because, you know, how much do you value kind of like the Bucks and the game script? But one thing about the Falcons that I, that's really interesting, they are leading the league in yards before contact for mm. their for their halfback. So what that means is that their offensive line is playing really well. Uh, yeah. And they're also one of the top teams in PFF's uh, team run block rating. So it's a fascinating matchup. But, yeah, I, I just set the line at 44, you know, 11 carries, four yep. yards a pop. Um, right there with you. And we're, we're done projecting Merritt in the top 10, right? Oh, my God. That, that, <laughs> is, that was miserable. Uh, I started the, the, the one I, bad 
I started him over Brady because like it was like an early game and like oh. I didn't know if Brady was gonna have all his guys and so like I was like yeah they're close enough like it's like yeah disaster. he's like he's like Justin <laughs> Fields without the rushing yards right now just oh, can't God. can't believe what they're doing with him uh, anyways uh, <laughs> Justin Fields is like Taysom Hill without the rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one one completion. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Uh wide receiver who's in your top five. Uh Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. So pretty straightforward this week. Yep. Cup, Jefferson, Diggs, Adam. Wait, who, who do you have number four? Oh, Tyreek Hill. Ever heard of him? Oh, uh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> I had no, no, no. I, I was like, someone yeah. was different from mine. Yeah, I got, yeah. You have Devontae Adams. Yeah, I got Adams. Four, at this point. And then and then Chase number five. Uh yeah, you know, I'm I'm going back to Adams here against Kansas City, you know, high total yeah. game. Uh, I did have Hill in the I think it was five or six last week though. So um, do you have uh Hunter Renfro coming back this week? Is that maybe the difference? No, yeah, I do have him coming back. So oh, okay. Right. Um, and I still have Adams that high i mean he's he's running route 98 percent of the dropbacks oh yeah you're uh, not i'm not gonna argue against yeah. Adams. <laughs> if you have him start him and we've kind of but, been seeing you know like hill got that lucky 65 yard grab so like we might and we've kind of been seeing them kind of alternate big games sometimes hill and waddle oh yeah no i, so, uh, yeah, I hear you that Tyreek hill is quarterback proof he remember he was posting legit wide receiver one numbers with uh who was it matt moore yeah, yeah. Oh no, I love, yeah. love me some Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's uh, Teddy under center. Just really this top seven. Yeah, top seven. It's all elite. So. Oh yeah, Debo. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we called that one right. Woo! He always kills the Rams, man. Just, just completely, just shredding. So good. Uh, all right. Who do you, who you on? Uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, I faded him his, his receiving prop last week. I took the under four and a half. Uh, and that hit, he's coming off his worst game of the season. Only cut two balls for 41 yards, but I was very encouraged from what I saw from Zach Wilson last week. Wilson's routes run rate spiked up to 88%. Granted week three, he was in and out of the lineup with an injury. So th- this is coming, but, um, could be in for a big week against the Dolphins defense that ranks 31st in DVOA against pass. This could be a sneaky shootout. This could be a game that I'm stacking heavily, um, in DFS. So, uh, love Garrett Wilson this week. He's my wide receiver, twenty four. Um, yeah, Ooh, I, I got him told at thirty three. Wow. Oh, what 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 do you have Zach Wilson's passing yards? At? Ooh, Zach Wilson's passing. Yeah. yards. Let's see. Um, oh yeah, that was a fun one to project. I I said uh, F it two fifty five. Let's go. Whoa. <laughs> so, so you're, what you're, do you got? You're only you're He's only gonna uh, scale Joe Flacco this week, but yeah, like you're only thirty yards higher than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just said screw it. Whoa! The, I mean, he did throw for two fifty two last week. So. He looked good doing the gritty. Like I am all yeah. in this offense. So, um, just this is a good matchup. I, I think this will be sort of a shootout. So I, I just went all in on the Jets' passing attack. How could you not? So um, the, the other guy, the, the other guy I'm high on is Adam Thielen. My God, just the past couple of weeks I've been high on him, but he's come through. Uh, you know, he's running route over ninety five percent of the time, all four games. His target per route run rate has been over 20% the past two weeks. So, you know, you could project him close to five receptions with that sort of underlying usage. Um, so he's established a very solid weekly floor, and he's only scored one touchdown this year. We aren't even banking on touchdowns with them. So um, we could see a much higher higher ceiling for him once he starts to, you know, to have positive touchdown regression. 
So he's my wide receiver 22 right now compared to the consensus wide receiver 33, I believe. So love how I'm feeling this week. Yeah, I got him at 25. Uh, it's it's an interesting one because the Bears, I know no one's throwing at Jalen Johnson. So I'm interested to see how O'Connell kind of schemes that up. Is he is he going to get like, is he just going to like try to Osborne, like, <laughs> you know, throw him to the dogs and like let, let him just occupy him? Because I think Johnson stays stationary, uh, but no one's been thrown at this dude. So, um, uh, but yeah, I have to even, uh, not as high as you, but eight spots higher than consensus. I have about 4.8 catches. 54 yards and a 0.43 touchdown. So, nice. Um, I, yeah, people, there were certain, some of these number two receivers, like I felt like people were way too low on coming into the season. Thielen was one of them. Tyra Lockett was another. Like, it's like these guys are getting a little older, but they're not dead. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, Allen Robinson is dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Rest in peace, Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah, Tyra Lockett has been crushing oh, it the last God. couple of weeks. Yeah. Just crushing uh, it. Uh, I, I'll go with uh, T Higgins. Uh, I got him. Why I got him top ten. Uh, you told me to always put him in the top ten, so I'm listening. Oh, um, top ten. He's got. Uh, he's averaging in the non-concussion game, so he left week one early. Uh, in the other three games, six catches, 96 yards, 0.67 touchdowns per game. Uh, that's just monstrous. He's kind of like, he's kind of cutting into Jamar Chase's production. Like Chase is only like my wide receiver five now because T Higgins <laughs> has been so good. So uh, I have him projected for 5.2 for 77 this week with 0.42 uh, touchdowns. And I mean, he could get that all in the fourth quarter against the Ravens, given what's been going on with their defense lately. Uh, And then another guy behind is Chris Godwin. Uh, I I just don't think people realize that he played 83% of the snaps and ran a route 85% of the time. So, I mean, we're going to, we're going to rank him high while he's healthy and just hope (laughs) he can finish games. But uh, he ran around 85% of the time. Evans was up at 92. Gage was at 62. Julio's at 32. So I think we've kind of, we're back to some form of normalcy in this Bucks passing game. 85 is usually what you expect to see Godwin at. And uh, so I haven't project, and he, and he caught seven balls, by the way, on 10 targets last week. Uh, and I, I think this Atlanta defense is, as we talked about with Brady, very, uh, it's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's not hard to beat. Like it's not going to offer a ton of resistance in the pressure department. So the last game Godwin had against Atlanta, 15 catches, 17 targets, 143 yards. Uh, in, in four games versus the Falcons with Tom Brady as his quarterback, he's averaging seven for 94 and a touchdown per game. So uh, I have Godwin at, uh, at five and a half catches for 60 yards and, and just over 0.4 touchdowns. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Because when I was doing my initial projections, I was like, what the hell is going on? Chris got Adam at five and a half catches. And yeah. uh, like I said, sometimes those projections kind of scare me. So like, you know, you're trying to pack in a suitcase, you like shove it down. I lowered him to 4.9, but after hearing that, I think I'm going to raise him up. Um, and yeah, he's, he looked like he, he had his knee snap in half or something. Like, oh, great. He got hurt again, but he should be fine, right? That yeah, I, injury? Uh, I, no, that was scary. I'm not, I haven't heard anything about it, so I'm assuming. Like, we no, heard... he came back in the game and yeah, he was yeah, fine, yeah. but my God, I thought his season was over. But yeah, as long as he's healthy, you know, we should be projecting him over five catches. So, yeah, uh, love that call. And, yeah, T. Higgins, I, I forgot the stat. Like, when both Higgins and Chase are healthy, I think Higgins leads him in targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, or something crazy like that. But I, I think people just don't appreciate uh, just how close those two actually are. 
Yeah, Higgins, Higgins is just a monster. I mean, that catch against the Jets where he looked like he got concussed again and just oh, held on yeah. to the ball. Probably wasn't even conscious. <laughs> like, just like just held on to the ball. But, uh, yeah, love Higgins. And uh, Atlanta, I have them, um, you know, defenses, you know, it's it, it's really noisy. So, you mm. know, I don't make a ton of adjustments. Yeah, very minor. But Atlanta, I have the biggest adjustment to the opposing team's completion rate against the Atlanta defense, they're allowing 69% completions this year. So that's also probably why I'm, I'm pretty high in mm. Godwin receptions. I think it's just going to be pitch and catch with, with the Falcons, you know, not getting any pressure. Who are you low on? Uh, so I'm low on Deontay Johnson. Um, I have him as my wide receiver 27 to open the week. Looks like his consensus is wide receiver 20. Um, what, do you have? Pick it. what do you have? What, what do you have? Like, real quick before you, have, yeah. what are your projections for him? Just for, for Deontay? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Let me see. Uh, so I have him at 5.2 receptions, okay. 60 yards, 0.26 touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I have him at 5.8. That's that's that's, oh, probably, okay. that's probably where the consensus is different. You're you're probably factoring in pickets like yep. erratic A dot. Like, yep, you're absolutely you're darn tootin'. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so pickets higher A dot, third highest week four was massive for George Pickens, um, and it could hurt Deontay. We already saw it last week. Deontay only went two for eleven. Uh, Pat Frymuth, he's emerging, um, you know, seven catches for 85 yards. So similar to Garrett Wilson last week, I'm just taking a little bit of a step back. Um, you know, whenever you have a QB change, the target pecking order could change. Now, certainly Deontay Johnson is a beast. Um, this could change uh, later in the season. You know, I expect him to dominate the target share. But at least for this week, um, I'm a little bit higher on Pickens, a little bit higher on Farmuth, and a little bit lower on Dante Johnson. That's all that's going on here. So that's why he's my wide receiver 27. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on Pickens. Uh, I'm I'm right on consensus with Johnson. I haven't docked um, Pickens. Where do you, like, where do you have Pickens? Uh, Pickens, I have wide receiver 44. You have, I think you have. I'm lower. Yeah. 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 He, Pickens is 50s. Pickens but, was targeted on 31% of his routes last week. So yeah, I think it's as time. he should. It's as time. he should. Um, but yeah, that, that does knock Johnson down. But Johnson's usually like in my top like 12. So that kind of knocked him to 20. But I do have him for 5.8 catches. I'm I just think against this Buffalo, you know, zone, like it's still I'm not knocking Pickett too much for his A dot yet because he also completed every throw that wasn't picked. So like it, you know what I mean? It's like the sample is still small enough for me to like like say I'm gonna wait and see and and see how it kind of plays out. Uh, with a week to prepare and, and whatever, but uh, yeah. Uh, who else? Who else you want? Anyone else? No, that's it for now. Um, I got a, I got quite a few guys. So okay, fire away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is. I mean, these are there's some minds at wide receiver this year, and uh, Amari Cooper. I, I'm surprisingly pretty well mm. on this week. Uh, I have him at wide receiver 36. He's consensus wide receiver 21. So he had two games with 100 receive 101 receiving yards exactly, but his other two games he had 17 yards and nine yards. So to me, that's just too inconsistent right now for a wide receiver two, you know, ranking. Uh, so he's more of a wide receiver three for me. The Chargers are playing man coverage at the fifth highest rate. So he could even see a lot of JC Jackson. I know Jackson hasn't had a great year so far uh, coming off the injury, but still not something I want to mess with with a guy who's had two games below 20 receiving yards in, in an offense that wants to run the football. So, uh, you know, Cooper's going to have some good weeks, but he's more of like a DFS tournament play than like a bona fide yeah. top 24 wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I have him for 4.7 for 53 with a uh, 0.3 touchdowns. DJ Moore, by the way, uh, 
I beat you on our DJ Moore prop. You, you got you went over 50 and a half. You landed at 50. That should be, oh, that, should no. be that should be like a tiebreaker. Anytime somebody gets like a perfect line, like if we end up tied at the end of the year, whoever yeah. has the most perfect lines. Uh, I got I, I don't think any of us, any of us, we've had any other ones that, that have been right on perfect yet. But uh yeah, that I can't believe well, well, you had like 11 targets. Well, no, I mean, yards. but if you go over on it and I hit the, <laughs> oh, right. you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. if you had gone under, then I would have needed, you know what I mean? But, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, DJ Moore, I'm still down on. I have him wide receiver 38. So it's, he's wide receiver 35 on consensus. But I do want to point out that San Francisco's number one in pass defense DVOA, the third in DVOA versus number one receivers. Uh, they, they've shored up their cornerback group, which is like, I, I said this before the season, like San Francisco is going to have an elite defense this year. And they're out, they're out long, what, 10 points a game? Baker Mayfield is your quarterback. He's not He's not even hitting throws from a clean pocket. Everything's batted down. Like, I think Baker Mayfield just got another pass batted down. It is Tuesday. Um, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't top 50 yards this year. And he's averaging a career-low 3.3 catches, 34 and a half yards per game. Career-low 45% catch rate. Thank you very much, Baker Mayfield. And by the way, no drops. So that's a true catch rate right there. 40, 40, 55% of the passes DJ Moore's way have been uncatchable this year. So I'm going out. I, what's crazy is all that being said, I still have him projected to set a season high in receiving yards at 54 on 4.4 wow. catches. But he's still my wide receiver 38. So, um, you know, it's just he, he, 0.25 touchdowns. We know DJ Moore, four to five touchdowns a year. So yeah. that, that's pretty standard projection for him. Um, Got to shout out Allen Robinson. I mean, I, I'm waiting for you to show up, Allen, but uh, you're averaging 24 yards per game. You're averaging 2.3 catches a game, uh, 0.25 touchdowns. And you're doing all this despite running a route on 96% of the Matthew Stafford dropbacks. I don't know how, like, it, it's almost impossible to put up a worse receiving stat line while running a route 96% of the time. I mean, what, like, I can't even think of somebody who, because, like, not even, like, Jalen Guyton or Andre Patton ran that many routes when they were on the Chargers, right? Like, who's the last guy to run this many routes and not get, like, even two and a half catches a game? I can't uh, uh, you mean Demarcus Robinson? Ooh, not, no, he was many. in, like, the 70s percent. Like, he's, yeah. Robinson's 96%. He's, he's essentially out of the game for, like, one to two pass snaps a game. Right. Well, he's watching Absurd. the target vacuum that is Cooper Cup, to be fair, but I take your point. Oh, um, Keelan Cole last week. I think he ran like Ooh, yeah. 90% yeah, target. no targets. Yeah. Basically, yeah. whoever the third receiver is for the uh, Raiders yeah. takes the cake. But uh, yeah, it's been ugly for Robinson. So um, I'm, again, another guy, I'm still factoring in some regression. So still have him around three catches for 40 yards, but uh Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it, it's actually a decent matchup for him this week because the Cowboys like to play more man. Robinson just doesn't get open versus zone anymore. Like, it's just, he's too, I don't know what it is, but he's, he, it was a problem last year in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's been a problem this year. And that's, the, it's just a problem because most defenses, even the ones that are man heavy are still playing usually over 50% zone. So, but this week Dallas, you know, they do play a good amount of man. So maybe, maybe Robinson gets in the end zone, but still have him wide receiver 57. Don't start him. And uh, the last one is Corey Davis. Uh, Listen, he had a great second half with Zach Wilson. A lot of clutch catches. Great to see it. But he still ran around on just 71% of the dropbacks. Because as you mentioned, Garrett Wilson not leaving the game this time, up at 88%. And then DJ, uh, not DJ, Elijah Moore was uh, over 90%. So 
Davis is the third receiver in this offense. He's running around about 70 to 75% of the time. And, uh, you know, with Zach Wilson at quarterback as the third receiver and, and Conklin's kind of cutting into it too. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get any consistency with, mm-hmm. uh, with Davis. So I have Davis projected for uh, 40 yards with under three catches and just 0.2 touchdowns uh, this week. So he's uh he's wide receiver 49 consensus, but he's my 67. Who are you going with for the prop? Uh, Got to go with Romeo Dobbs here. <laughs> uh, total receiving yards against the Giants. Uh, and I'm going with, uh, let's go with DJ Moore's line last week. Let's go with 50 and a half. <laughs> I got him at 50. <laughs> okay, so you're going under? All right. Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me think about this. Damn, he looks good, though, doesn't he? He looks, I mean, we called yeah. this. We were on this. I'm going to go over and just, just yeah. love the guy. And I'm quite, cause I have him, I have him uh 2.5% routes run behind Lazard, but I could easily just equal them out. And then like, he would get another yard. So uh, oh, gonna, yeah. I, he's my wide receiver 28, but I, I, right now I have him 4.6 for 50 uh, and 0.4 touchdowns. So uh, expecting. Uh, yeah, and he had a 30 yard touchdown call back yep, last week. Or yep, so. my yep, God, that's what, that's so what's making me want to go over because yeah. like, there's like un. Although I do account for that somewhat in like, I, cause I factor in the a dot when I'm projecting, you know, like receiving yardage and stuff, but yeah, it's, uh, it's looking good for Dobbs. He's, uh, he's going to be key to them oh, know, yeah. making a playoff run this year because he, he's the guy that can get open. Although I will say this, uh, you liked Lazard in the preseason. I didn't, I, I was wrong. He looks a lot better this year. I don't, he's, <laughs> he's looking more and more like, like a Drake London than like a, like, you know, he, he just never Ooh. looked, he looked like he's look, he looks a little yeah. more spry. That's year. a good cup. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, he's not quite Mike Evans out there, but he's looking a lot better and he's, he's been open a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. than I thought he was going to be. Uh, so yeah, his, his target route run is still 18. Lazard Dobbs is 22, but uh, that's, you know, that's still, I think if anyone, if you said Lazard was going to be at 18%, I think that anyone would be happy with that. With touch on upside. Yeah, exactly. Love exactly. It. Um, and Cobb is looking good too, right? Like it, it's so weird. Oh, like even Watkins look good. I don't watch the Packers just have a good receiving core after all. Well, too, too soon on the cop. I had under two and a half receptions. He had zero with like five minutes left and got yeah. three. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. He's a, he's no, a, you got that garbage run to end guy. the game. Yeah. You got the garbage run to end the game. They just dumped him off, and he was like, "What do What do you want me to do?" And he just danced around for a little bit and lay down. And then they got a shoestring catch in the OT. But that was that. That was a brutal beat uh, with Cobb. But yeah, he does look good. All right, let's finish it up. Let's go quick through the the tight ends. We got in the top five: Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Tyler Higby, and Dallas Goddard. Let's go. Ooh, I like this because I have a, like a totally different top five. Uh, oh. So yeah, I, pick me at number one. What? No, no, no. I, no, <laughs> bro, bro. Uh, he's, he's like, it's like, he's like their new, like he's like a run, he's like their new running back. It's just like handoffs to him, like yeah. five yard catch over and over again. But uh, no, I have Chelsea Andrews, Kittle three, Goddard four, Hawkinson five. So a little, 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 little different. Like right? Waller, I'm just Where's Waller. Uh, Waller, I, where, I don't know. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas would like to know. Derek Carr would like to know. Uh, one in three Vegas and Josh McDaniels would, would also like to know where Darren Waller is. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but uh, he, he's my tight end six. Uh, just, you know, I, I think Hawkinson, it, you know, it's like I know he's not going to get the same kind of usage with all the guys back, but, uh, you know, there's a chance that guys are still banged up and just projecting him for his normal um snap count uh yeah he cracks the top five over waller uh this week you know maybe if i take renfro out then you know it switches around but that mm-hmm. it's kind of early in the week for that but 
maybe it'll flip five. But I want uh, who are you high on? Because uh, I, I got I, I want to talk about Goddard, but uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, man, I wrote him down as I'm high on, but I moved off him. I'm going Logan Thomas. Um, you know, he saw his routes run rate jump up to seventy three percent last week. We know based on the Commanders football team, their history, um, this could go over eighty percent. So he's still on the climb, I think, in terms of playing time. They could be without Jahan Dotson this week. Um, so I've been sneaking, like, these, like, low-end tight end ones, these new guys every week. Last week with Tanya and the week before was, like, Conklin. I'm going with Thomas this week. Let's go. And then we have to talk about him. Taysom Hill. He's my tight end 18. His consensus, for some reason, is tight end 36. You laugh, but just think about it. His, his floor is zero, obviously. But that's every tight end in this range, right? Yeah. So I just think he's worth mentioning just because he has a wide range of outcomes. He offers a shit ton of upside in the tight end 20 range um i mean doesn't see a catch usually or doesn't see many targets but you know the the rushing ability especially on the goal line the threat of him maybe throwing the ball a couple times especially with Jameis winston out i just have to mention him like he is way up there for me he's my tight end 18 right now okay yeah i i so i just bumped him up because you just made a good point like i had his routes run projected at 10 percent, which is season average but he ran around on 17% last week. So any any excuse I have, I'll just do I'll just use that number. Any excuse I have to bring. Are you projecting Facebook. passing stats for him too? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I do all that. I got him. So I got him 4.7 carries and and a point and 0.5 catches. So uh 5.2 touches just on on like scrimmage stuff. And uh yeah, so yeah, I, I like him. I, I like him as well. Uh, Juwan Johnson, though, has to be one of the surprises of the year in terms of like up there at Curtis Samuel, in terms of guys that are just like completely obliterating what the usage we thought <laughs> yeah. that they were going to get. Um, but yeah, no, I like that Taysom Hill call. Um, I, I think that's uh, especially in DFS, like that's a, oh, yeah. uh, you know, always a guy in that who, range for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta go with Dallas Goddard, man. I gotta show him some love. Your boy, man. I'm surprised you didn't he's, stay on him, but I'm just ran, permanently high on him. What are you talking <laughs> he, about? He ran a route on a hundred percent of the dropbacks last week, which uh for a tight end is pretty much unheard of. Elite, you could say yeah. it's elite. Yeah, it's pretty it's, it's like unheard because like usually you're gonna pass block or chip or something <laughs> at least once, or just there's gonna be like a screen where you don't run a route and you're just blocking, but no, ran around hundred percent of the dropbacks. Uh, the only game where he his routes run went down, he you left the game due to injury. And all the other games, he's averaging about ninety uh, over ninety percent routes run. Uh, so I have him conservatively about eighty seven point five, and I still have him as a tight end four. Arizona defense thirtieth in DVOA against tight end. Arizona defense second most receptions per game to tight end seven point Second most yards per game to tight ends eighty five, and tied for the third most touchdowns per game to tight ends at point. Seven five, so I have a nice, you know, four smooth four for fifty line for Goddard with uh, just over point three touchdowns. This is uh, Goddard versus Zach Ertz, baby. Let's go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ertz is. Uh, I think Ertz is like my tight end seven or eight. He's like yeah. in that Waller range. Um, but uh, no, nah, just I think saying, I had to wait three years to yeah. finally get a Goddard one hundred percent routes run game. Woo! We finally got it. Sexy. It's it looks it looks so good on my spreadsheet. It's like oh, yeah. I have it. I have it like uh. Color, I have a color formatted. Code. Yeah, so it's all it's nice and green. It's nice and green. Blue. Yeah. Uh, blue, nice. Same yeah. thing. Uh, all right. Who you want? Um. So let's just go with Albert O. Let's get this out of the way. He's like my <laughs> tight end fifty or something like that. Obviously, by now everybody knows you shouldn't play him. I get it. Uh, but he played one snap last week. One yeah. snap. It is the Eric Saubert show. Uh, but I want to bring him up because 
I think there's a guy that we need to have our eye on right now, and that's Greg Dulcich. He should be returning in one to two weeks. Um, so I doubt the Broncos want to roll with Eric Tomlinson and Eric Saubert the rest of the season as their top tight end. So Dulcich is a guy that you should be, you know, taking a flyer on in deep leagues or whatever, you know, wherever you can get him. Um, because he could be a high-end tight end, too, the rest of the season. We, we don't know. But either way, Albert O is not the guy. Um, so he is way down. I don't know what's going on exactly with him, but he's outside my top 50. And his ECR is still somewhere in the high 30s. So just have to throw him out there uh, for the last time this season. It's like cheating almost. It's like he has – I haven't projected for like one reception, and that's being generous. Like I, that, that's, that's what worries me about Melvin Gordon, though, is because like mm-hmm. this Hackett doghouse, man. Like I don't know. I don't want any part of this Hackett doghouse. Um, but uh, – I thought that was more interesting than talking about like Hayden Hurston is growing – that's why I'm three oh slots down. Uh, I'm no, I, 35 <laughs> slots lower than Albert O. I got, so. I, I got, I got a more reasonable <laughs> uh, one that may actually help people with their fantasy. Hey, Greg Dulcich, that, that was my advice there. It's, like, I have to find Greg a silver Dulcich lining. is like the Richie James of Broncos tight end. It's like Careful. You, you think, you think Careful. that he's gonna have a good game, and then he runs like 50. percent Oh yeah. By the way, I, I wish I had a white flag. I am raising the white flag and trying to. Told you. Like, do anything with Giants receivers told at this you. point. I told you. Anyway, we're, we're off the rails in the tight end. Yeah, yeah, section. yeah. So, okay, so Pat Fryer moved. I'm actually like, – so he had a Whoa. great game last – yeah, exactly. He had a great game last week, but I learned my lesson. What, one of my biggest mistakes of the year was mm-hmm. I had Travis Kelsey tight end one all week. Then I was like, you know what? Like the Bucks have all these linebackers and safeties that are good. Like I'm just going to – I'm going to like keep Andrews there and like put, like put Andrews back at tight end one. And – then I remembered, and then like the game happened, and then I was like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like Buffalo, they even with all these injuries, they're still just playing lights out against tight ends. Buffalo has is number one in DVOA against tight ends. They allowed thirty nine yards on eleven targets to Tyler Higby, so so three <laughs> about three point three or whatever yards per target, three point four, uh, and then fifteen yards on five targets to Mark Andrews. Uh, to all tight ends, they're allowing a fifty percent catch rate, four point three yards per target. So I know Fryer was had a big game. I know we're all excited about Pickett, but I think this is going to be a matchup where he's going to look to exploit some of those, you know, some of that inexperience at the corner positions uh, for Buffalo. I don't think he's going to want, because you still got uh, Poirier back there and we saw what he was doing and you still got Milano, who is a great, the, the yeah. Buffalo coverage linebackers are great. You still got one good safety there. Uh, you know, so I think it's it's a good time to kind of like jump off Fryer moves for for a week. So I haven't. It's not crazy. I have him tied in eleven. He's tied in eight. But in a ten team league, uh, I would look right. to start a guy like Gerald Everett, maybe even Njoku in a twelve team league over him. Uh, he's on that fringe uh, this week for me. Oh, Gerald Everett. Even if um, Keenan Allen and Donald Parham, if he ever uh, joins the twenty twenty two season, you you would still rank Everett ahead of him. Or is that uh, depending on like? Yeah, Keenan? no, no. I have I have Keenan Allen in there now, and Everett. Yeah, Everett's out of him. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't expect any real change in Everett's usage. I think it's part because McKitty's been running around on thirty-one percent of the dropbacks. So I just think Parham just gets most of that. Um, but I don't think he really cuts into Everett too much. But uh, we got to go back to the Falcons because oh, everyone's oh, no. Kyle Pitts. We got it. It's like the second time this year, but we got to go Kyle Pitts here. Um, you know, it seemed like last time everyone was on Arthur Smith. For you know, not involving him, he came through with a big game the next week. But he's down to my tight end nine, so I'm curious as to what you're doing with his yardage. Uh, I'm going to give you a line of fifty-two and a half under. 
And I was a couple weeks ago. Remember, he was outside my top five. I was like, I don't yeah. like what I'm seeing. His target rate has been elite, though, when he's on the field. The problem is he hasn't been on the field running routes. Um, and like I said, we're we're both finally we're low on Marcus Mariota. So I have Mariota throwing for like, you know, 190 yards yeah. or something like that. So a bit lower, unfortunately. Love the talent, but uh, I got Pitts around 48. That's his uh, average. So his median for me has got to be like 44 and a half. Uh, but any given week, he could go off. If they if they let him run a route on over 70% of the dropbacks and actually throw to him, uh, yeah, he could go off. But I, I think his floor is dangerously low right now. So he's my tight end eight. Yeah, I have him projected for 75% of the routes, which is his season average. Um, I, I have him at 3.6 catches for 51 uh, as the average projection. But uh, What's your touchdown three, projection? Just uh, point eighteen. Right. Point eighteen. Okay, all right. I'm um, 0.25. That's that's why you have him tight end nine instead of tight end eight. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I told you, I'd like, like he, you have to actually catch a touchdown to like get some of that regression in my yeah. model. Like, you know what I mean? Like if any, every time he doesn't catch a touchdown and catches balls, like it <laughs> just goes down and down and yeah. down. Um, but for the for the line I set you, I essentially just took his career average in, in – um, yards per catch which is around 15 and just did 3.5 catches got to two and a half so 15 uh, yards per catch yeah it's pretty average i think i i think that that's gonna go down going forward yeah no i know no but yeah. i mean yeah. it's, it's it's one we're talking about one game so yeah i gave you a, yeah i gave you some i gave you i figured you were gonna go under so i gave you i gave you the inflation of like the best back you know like they they might try to force him the ball next week they have to so, at this point they have gave to. you a couple so, extra yards so yeah we'll see what happens but uh that is gonna wrap it up for our week five NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel for more great fantasy content from Sean and I. Be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, right here on the Action Network podcast channel. Check out actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, as well as fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker and me at Chris Raybon. Uh, and at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. 